Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Today, we are talking about attunement, which I believe is the single most important skill for any relationship. Some people might think that communication is the most important or forgiveness is the most important. Well, in my opinion, attunement is the most important because without attunement, there's no connection. And without connection, there's no real relationship where communication and forgiveness can happen. In this episode, you will learn what is attunement? What does it look like when it's done well and how you can improve this important skill super practically? If you learn this one skill, I believe it will improve your relationships with your friends, especially your friends who are on this journey with you of outgrowing pornography. It will improve your relationships with your clients. If you're a counselor or a coach, or if you're a ministry leader, this will help you help others. It'll help you connect with your wife or your girlfriend if you're in a romantic relationship, and it will especially help you connect with your kids, including your inner child. Attunement is one of the most important skills that we need to learn for ourselves. We need to learn how to attune to ourselves. Before we go any further, let me define this word for you. Here's a definition from the Child Development Institute. Attunement is our ability to be aware of and respond to our child's needs. And while attunement primarily does relate to this field of child development and child psychology, It really applies to all relationships. Attunement is our ability to be aware of and respond to a person's needs, whether that's an adult, a child, or yourself. But let's use the example of child development because that's really easy to understand. For example, let's say you are taking care of a baby or a young child, and that child is crying. Attunement means rather than just quickly giving that child a pacifier and hoping the crying will stop, you relate with curiosity and compassion, asking, okay, what's going on here? Is this baby hungry or poopy? Does it need more food? Does it need a diaper change? What if baby is tired? What if baby needs a nap? And maybe this child is saying, no, I want to play with my toys. But you know, based on some of these nonverbal signals, that really, this kid is tired. And it can be really frustrating when the kid gets so tired that they can't sleep. Or what if this kid is lonely and wants mommy and wants daddy just to be with them? Not because of any physical need. What if it's a more emotional need? Being attuned means being in sync with this other person. A lack of attunement means you're out of sync. Not necessarily that what you're doing is bad. It's just out of sync with the situation and the needs of this other person. For example, if baby is hungry and you change the diaper, baby's probably still going to cry. On the other hand, if you can accurately anticipate the needs of the other person, interpret signals in the moment and respond appropriately, then you have connection. Connection depends on curiosity and compassion. Connection depends on attunement. And this does not only apply to taking care of little kids. This applies to all relationships. Are you in sync with your partner? 
Are you in sync with your friend? Are you in sync with this person you're trying to help? Or are you relating in a way that doesn't match where they're at? Another word for attunement might be meeting the person where they are at. And the good news is, guys, this is a skill you can develop even if you didn't receive much attunement as a kid. Even if you don't have a lot of it in your life as an adult, you can learn this skill. And in this episode, I'm going to teach you. But before I go into what good attunement looks like, I need to give you a warning. Beware of over-attunement. I'm getting this from Julie St. Ange, and she warns against over-attunement because it's really easy for us to overuse this tool and read into a situation. Let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. One example of over-attunement is hypervigilance. Hypervigilance means being on high alert and constantly assessing potential threats. So if you are watching the face, listening to the voice of another person, and you're constantly scanning for any sign of a potential threat, that's different from curiosity and compassion. That's actually coming from a place of deep hurt and fear. Because hypervigilance is often a sign of trauma. It means that you've been hurt. And so you're on the lookout for the possibility of being hurt again. Now, if we grow up with hypervigilance, sometimes that actually can become a superpower because we become very in tune, very in sync with little micro expressions and little details on other person's faces and in another person's voice. And also, man, hypervigilance is exhausting. It is so exhausting when all of your relationships include this little background noise of anxiety about something possibly going wrong. So when you are trying to read someone, trying to attune to someone, beware of over-attuning through hypervigilance and thinking that every little detail is somehow a clue about something that's very deeply wrong. Another example of over-attunement and reading into things is personalizing. This is the belief that you are entirely to blame for something, even though you had little or nothing to do with the outcome. In fact, the situation may not be connected to you in any way at all. Here's an example of personalizing. If I'm having a conversation with somebody that feels very different from our usual typical style of talking and interacting, and I take it personally, that's personalizing. I will assume that this other person is reacting because of me. Personalizing prevents attunement because it keeps us contained in our own little self-absorbed assumptions rather than curiosity and compassion for what this other person is experiencing. For example, if I am speaking to a small audience and somebody in the crowd is obviously completely distracted, just not paying attention at all, in that situation, Personalizing means taking it personally, assuming that I'm not good enough or what I'm saying is not good enough because otherwise he'd be paying attention. Or if it seems like the person really is responding to me and excited, assuming that it means that I'm doing a great job. Um, when in fact, 
these things might have little or nothing to do with me, but personalizing comes from a place of shame and pride. Thinking that somebody else's response to me is a reflection of how good I am or how bad I am. And it's really, really easy to do that when you're trying to attune to someone and reading into these little signals. In order to truly attune to someone, we need to suspend our assumptions. We need to let go of shame and pride and fear so that we can truly listen, so that we can truly read what someone else is communicating verbally and non-verbally without reading into it. Hypervigilance is exhausting. Personalizing is exhausting. And it's isolating. It's disconnecting. So what does good attunement look like? What does it truly look like to engage with another person offering curiosity, compassion, and connection? I've learned a lot about this from different sources. One of my favorite little summaries came from Jay Stringer in a leadership training that I went through with him. He said, there are three levels of listening. Listen to the words, listen to the body, and listen to yourself. So I want to use those categories to talk about some tips for what good attunement really looks like. First, listening to the words. It's really important to listen to the exact words that someone is saying when you're talking with them. If you want to attune, if you want to fully be in sync with them, word choice is important. I found this to be especially true in marriage. If my wife says that she is feeling frustrated and I say, it sounds like you're feeling angry. It sounds like you're feeling annoyed or it sounds like you're feeling irritated. That is not going to resonate. <laughs> that is not going to be in sync. I need to use the exact word that she used, even if to me they seem synonymous. Repeating the exact word choice really helps with attunement. It helps the other person know that you're really listening. And I know it feels redundant. It feels too easy. Like, you really want me to say exactly what they said back to me? Yes, I do. It's the simplest thing in the world, and it's the hardest thing in the world. And you can't do it unless you are paying close attention to the specific words they use, especially if there is a word that's repeated or a word that really stands out to you. Take note of that word when you're listening to this person and repeat it when you respond. So that's the surface level of listening, taking notes on the specific words that they use mentally so that when you respond, you can repeat those words back to the other person. The next and arguably most important part of listening is to listen to the body. Why? Because most communication is nonverbal. There are different stats about this. Anywhere from like 70% to 90% of communication is nonverbal. And if you don't believe me, I will give you an example here. And before I demonstrate this, to everyone who's listening to the podcast, especially if you're listening at a higher speed, you may want to slow it down for this part. And I also want to warn you that my volume, as well as the speed of my voice, is going to change. And you might not pick up on everything if you're not watching the video. So you can watch all of our videos at husbandmaterial.com slash blog or youtube.com slash husband material. All of these episodes are both audio and video. And if you want to get the most out of this, you might want to watch the video. All right, here we go. Let me give you some examples 
of how nonverbal communication is so, so essential. First, just starting with the voice, specifically the volume, the speed, the melody, and the emphasis. All right, you ready? Let me give you some different examples of volume. So if I'm telling you about my day and all of a sudden my voice gets really quiet, that's interesting. Or if I start getting really excited and now my voice is rising and I'm almost yelling, <laughs> that's important too. Sometimes I will reflect that back to someone in the middle of a session. Like, wow, you really had some fire in your voice when you said that. Your, your energy rose. Or when the volume decreased, you really flattened out there. Like I noticed your voice got really soft or speed. If I'm talking really, really fast, then this is something that you need to pay attention to. And you're probably going to wonder, why is he talking so fast? Is he avoiding something? Or if I slow down and there are long pauses between what I'm saying, maybe it's hard to focus on someone when they're talking really slow. The speed of communication is also significant. Now consider melody. When my voice starts low and it's rising up and it's getting into a higher melody, it sounds kind of exciting. But when my voice is dropping, that sounds deflating. And sad. You can hear how when my voice is climbing up, the energy rises. And when my voice is descending, it gives you a different feeling. Now, all of these dynamics are communicating something. And our job in attunement is not to understand what all of that means, but simply to make little observations. This is a ninja skill. Of attunement. For example, I thought I saw your face change when I said that. Or it seems like something is different. Or it feels like something is off. It's important to make these observations without judgment, without any preconceived notions, without any kind of story about whatever this means. Just little observations. In fact, you don't even need to put a question on the end of it. You might put a question on the end of it, like, am I reading that right? Or does that resonate with you? However, it's completely appropriate to say, hey, I noticed your face changed a little bit there. And something as broad as that, like your face changed, is pretty general and generic. So it's easier to say that than... Uh, to tell somebody, uh, I noticed your eyebrows furrowed. <laughs> like, that may or may not be helpful, but oh, I saw a slight shift or I feel like I'm noticing something in your voice. For example, right now, you might notice a bit of a cough in my voice. If you are attuning to me in this episode, I am recovering from a cold. So you might hear that in my voice. And if we were in a conversation, you could reflect that back to me that would help us connect. That's the goal here. Attunement is about connection. And when you not only listen to the words, but listen to the voice behind the words, that can often get to the heart of what is being said. If someone asks you, 
Hey, how are you doing? Your voice will speak louder than your words. If you say, I'm doing good, or eh, I'm doing good, or I'm doing good. Like all of those little nuances say something. And it's a lot easier to lie or to tell a half truth with our words than it is with our body. I once heard from Andrew Bauman that most of the muscles in our face, we don't control. So when someone is talking to you, read their face. You might even trust their face more than their words. And that's another part of listening to the body. Look into this person's eyes. Look in their face. What do you see? Maybe their eyes are glazing over and staring blankly into the distance. Or maybe their eyes are getting really big and you can see the whites of their eyes. Make little observations without judgment and that will support your attunement. Also, you might want to take note of other things like body posture. If someone is crossing their arms, leaning back, looking down at the floor, or if someone is leaning in with a soft, gentle, uninterrupted focus, those are communicating very different things. If someone's foot is tapping on the floor, or if they can't stop scratching behind their ears, or they're oftentimes wiping their nose with their hand, all of that is communication. We may not understand it, but we can notice it. We can get curious about it and offer kindness and compassion in response. Part of how we do that is also with our own bodies. As you listen to the voice, the face, the posture, and the physical signals of another person, be aware of your own nonverbal signals. And there are two dimensions of this. One is noticing what comes up for you personally. For example, if this person is sharing about his relationship with his dad, could it be that maybe the reason why all of a sudden I start uh, tearing at my fingernails while I'm listening is because it's touching my story with my dad? Sometimes I'll notice uh, a sudden urge to look at my phone and distract myself. And in those moments, I have to listen to my own body and say, hmm, what's coming up for me? What is happening for me such that I am tuning out? Or, on the other hand, such that my eyes are getting big and anxiety is coming up for me. So when you're listening to someone else, it can often be good to just check in with yourself on what's coming up for you and consider what your own body is saying to this person. What is it saying when you are reacting a certain way while listening? That nonverbal communication goes both ways. This is actually one reason why I often check in with myself while I'm on a Zoom call in HMA or in a group or in one-on-one -on -one coaching, and I'll just take a little notice of my own face, my own posture in that little window on Zoom. I know some people do not like seeing themselves on Zoom. For me, it's very helpful in service of attunement. Because if I notice my own body language and it's tense or it's something different than what I'm wanting to communicate, then I can receive that feedback and make little micro adjustments. For example, 
if I'm looking at someone with my arms crossed, uh, hunched over and tense, like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, that's not exactly going to communicate the kindness and curiosity and compassion that I would hope for. So when you listen to your own nonverbal signals, it allows you to take note of maybe some of your own issues, some of your own things that you need to work through. And it allows you to bring more of yourself to any conversation. Listening to yourself is actually a really important part of attunement, not only because it allows you to take note of what's coming up for you and keep the focus on the other person, it also allows you to connect with them more deeply. For example, if they're sharing a story of childhood trauma and it's bringing up a, a level of anger or sadness within you when you hear their story, that can actually be part of attunement. You can say, gosh, I feel so angry for you. I feel sad with you. Bringing your heart to the other person in that way is not imposing. It, it might be allowing them to maybe feel some things that they haven't allowed themselves to feel. So as you attune, it's okay to feel your own feelings. Feel them with the other person. Feel them for the other person. Rather than imposing your own story on the other person, like saying, oh, that reminds me of this and this and this from my life. Now you've hijacked the conversation and made it about you. When that happens, it's okay. Come back to a place of curiosity and compassion for the other person. And if you can't, and if you're not able to be fully present with them, then you may need to take a break or you may need to talk to the part of you that's coming up and say, hey, thank you so much for getting my attention and showing me that there's something important that I need to pay attention to in myself. I really want to spend some time with you, little part of me that's being triggered. Can we do that after this conversation? Then you can set it aside and come back to it later when you're able to fully process things. Let's come back to our original definition of attunement, the ability to be aware of and respond to needs, to the real needs of another person, of a child, and of yourself. And some of the little tips and tricks I've been telling you are repeat the exact words of the other person. Make little observations about their body language and nonverbal signals. And also pay attention to your own body language and use your body to speak to the other person with a posture of curiosity and compassion. Some other tips are lavish affirmation. Ask open questions. If you want to share a possible insight or a suggestion with that person, maybe ask permission first to see if they would be interested in that before you assume that they would like your advice. You can tell your attunement is working when you feel in sync with the other person, when there's a chemistry, when there's a flow, when there's a connection. That's how you know that you've successfully attuned. Attunement means being in tune being in tune with this other person, being in tune with myself, even being attuned to God. Think about it in terms of music. If I want to play a musical instrument in a way that sounds good with someone else's instrument, we need to make sure that our instruments are in tune. Maybe the other person's instrument is in a totally different tuning than mine. So I'm going to need to adjust my instrument's tuning to be able to to sound good and resonate with their instrument. 
Attunement is working when things resonate. That's the goal here. Because when you resonate, there's connection. And when there's connection, there can be really satisfying relationships. So now we've talked about a definition for attunement, being aware of and responding to needs. You have some examples of what attunement can look like, both verbally and non-verbally, what it means to attune to yourself, even while you're listening to someone else. And here at the end of the episode, I want to give you three practical strategies on how to level up your attunement. So if you're wondering, how can I improve this skill? I'm going to make it very simple for you. You ready? Receiving attunement, just receiving it has been a huge part of my story. I remember when I was 18 years old, I was a freshman in college, and my RA, the leader in my dormitory, took me out to play catch. We played catch with a frisbee for 30 minutes, and all he did was listen. He just asked me questions, made little observations, didn't talk about himself the entire time. And for me, having just left my home where there was not a lot of emotional attunement, this was a radical experience. I was like, wait, what? He, he's not making it about himself in any way. He just wanted to know me. He just wanted to be with me. He just wanted to listen to me and validate me. And wow, the difference was incredible. And over the next four years at my school at Wheaton College, I found a number of mentors and leaders who had this skill of attunement and were able to be with me and my heart in a way that taught me how to listen to others well. This is a skill that I've had to work on, I've had to develop, and I'm still growing in it. And I really believe that there is no replacement for receiving attunement. Whether you're receiving it from a mentor, a pastor, a family member, or a professional. And if you're interested in receiving professional one-on-one coaching from someone who is trained in this skill, then you might go down to the link in the show notes and apply for a one-on-one coaching session with me. Or You can reach out to another husband material coach or to a counselor or a therapist and receive attunement. Receive the attunement that you didn't get so that you can then overflow and offer it to others. Another really powerful way to improve your attunement skills is to watch and learn. Observe someone else doing it. And we do this every week inside Husband Material Academy in Trigger Tuesdays and on Fantasy Fridays. I work with somebody individually while other students observe. And you watch and learn. You watch me attune to this other person. Listen to their words. Listen to their body. Relate with curiosity and compassion and connection. And get a feel for what that looks like. For what that sounds like. So if you want to see attunement in action. And you want to watch and learn from me. As I practice this skill imperfectly. Yet quite powerfully. Then try out Husband Material Academy. It's $59 a month. Less than $2 a day. And there's a 60-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't like it, you've lost nothing. Check out Husband Material Academy in the link below. Or if you can find another way to observe someone else, a skilled practitioner, then go and spend time watching and learning. You really can grow in attunement when you receive it, when you observe it, and also when you practice it. Practice attuning to your friends to your wife or your girlfriend or to your kids. Try out some of these skills of repeating words, noticing nonverbal signals, see what effect it has. And you know what? You're going to make mistakes. That is all part of the process. It's like learning a language. The only way you can learn a language is if you are willing to do it imperfectly. That's the only way to learn. Do it imperfectly. 
practice attuning, keep working at it. And you will have times when you say, hey, it sounds like you're feeling stressed. And the other person will say, no. You'll say, hey, does this resonate with you? And they'll say, no, and that's okay. That's part of attunement. Great relationships don't depend on perfect attunement. Secure attachment does not depend on perfect attunement. Having deep, meaningful friendships, having deep, meaningful relationships is not about getting it right all the time. It's about rupture and repair, which means that we got out of sync somehow and we were able to get back in sync. There was a lack of attunement and we were missing each other. And then we were able to work through it. That's how relationships get stronger. And we actually train you on how to do this inside Husband Material Small Groups. We help you practice and learn this skill of attunement. In these groups, we are helping each other heal. One really powerful way to practice rupture and repair and to grow your attunement skills is by joining a Husband Material group. Here at Husband Material, there is no lack of opportunity to grow in your attunement, whether it's through one-on-one coaching, HMA, or through our small groups. So if you're interested in any of those opportunities, go down to the links in the show notes, and I would love to hear from you. Guys, attunement is not easy, and yet it is essential for our relationships with significant others, with friends, with children, and with ourselves. So I strongly encourage you to receive attunement, to observe it wherever you can, and to practice it. Do it imperfectly, make mistakes, keep working at it, and always remember, you are God's beloved son, and in you, he is well-pleased. Well-pleased.